The podcast you're about to enjoy is brought to you by trained early childhood educators. We have a combined 40 years of experience working in child care and child development. Most of that's from Mark because he's so goddamn old. Also, this show contains grown-ups using grown-up words like fuck and shit and sometimes vulva, which we bring up only so that you can show your kids that you can listen to sweary stuff too, Kevin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of This Ain't Babysitting. I'm Scott Forbes. And I am Mark Battle. Thank you very much for, for tuning in to us. We'll also give a, a shout-out to our, our, our sound man, Ken. Thank you very much for hosting us in your wonderful basement and the very comfy furniture. That's Mr. Ken Shandel to you. And to you. <laughs> Uh, just before we get started, I wanted to thank everybody for, for who's been supporting our show up to this point. Uh, just a reminder, if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram at This Ain't Babysitting. You can follow us on Twitter at TABCast, and you can find us on Facebook at This Ain't Babysitting. You can also find us and subscribe to us, download our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on wherever you get your podcasting stuff from. And uh, if you feel so inclined and you want to share a story with us, you can give us a call on the dad line, one eight four four dad line And you can just say hi to me in the bar. Yeah. I'm not online. Mark was just lamenting to me uh, this morning in our, our pre-production meeting how he went to a bar and nobody talked to him. He felt very alone with the Bruins game. Okay, I was dressed in my underwear, and I was not appropriately dressed, but still, I... Well, if you're going to watch a Bruins game, I feel like that's very... You're very appropriately dressed in that situation. We're not going to talk about our favorite hockey teams right now, okay, Scott? Because this is going to be a very positive show, (laughs) right? We're going to be very, very positive about this. This is a judgment-free zone. This is judgment-free. Now, let's talk a little bit about what you're going to expect from this show. We call it This Ain't Babysitting because, A... We're tired of that terminology, you know, uh, used towards anybody that works with children. Yeah. We're tired of that technology. Unless you're, unless you're 12. Unless you're 12 and if you're, you're doing 12, it for pizza. If you're 12, it's a very positive thing. <laughs> doing it for Keep pizza. doing it. And if you're 12, you shouldn't be listening to the show because there's cussing. They'll be cussing. The other thing is we take, we take exception to fathers calling it babysitting when they're taking care of their own kids so this ain't babysitting is about how to be a better father how to be a better early childhood educator in the lives of children and how to help kids have a great happy life what do you want to say about it scott i think uh i think this ain't babysitting for me was uh was an idea that that you know we get we get as for those of you who haven't keyed in on this fact yet mark and i both identify as male Yes, we both for now. For now, for now. Currently, we both identify as as hetero cis men, and we have for now. For now, again, for now, we have uh, we work in childcare. We Mark has has worked in childcare since since more or less childcare was a thing, <laughs> um, and and I've been working in childcare for for over ten years now, and and we both get the. Uh, it, it's often presented to us in in the form of a joke, right? Like ah, uh, you. Baby, how, what's it like babysitting those kids all day? What's it like, you know, you're you're a dad now. You get to be the babysitter when mom gets away, and and all that kind of all those all those good goofs that people like to to throw in at us. Well, it puts us in a box, and which is why this show is around. 
we're 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 not in a box. We we may bring something different to our work with kids. We may be uh, bringing something different to our work with our own children. I'm a father. Scott's a Scott's a father. I am a father. And um, we want this show to be informative, so that you can make better decisions for your child and in your relationship with your child. Um, we also want this show to sort of give some advice because um, there's some stats out there. Can I read you some stats, Scott? You know what, Mark? Nothing would please me more than to hear you read numbers uh, off of a piece of paper from a country that we don't live in. This is some research, Scott, from zero to three regarding millennial families out there. And I want to just focus... Ch- right children age zero to three. Let's clarify that. Yeah, what were you thinking? I, I was thinking maybe, you know, like zero to three people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. No, this is about the age. Good point. Um, what what uh, what they found is sixty three percent of fathers don't feel that they're getting enough credit raising their child, and forty three percent of fathers say that the other parent is taking over too much control. So we figured that why not create a program that can give some information for those fathers to get in. Yeah, and, and, and be able and, to have a say, and to to help, uh, you know, our we we when we talked about the concept for the show, we wanted to really talk about how you know there's there's a lot of of whether they're they're preconceived barriers in your head mm-hmm. or they are social societal barriers that you feel have been imposed on you by by you know the the collective that's around you or or perhaps even even your spouse or or your parents or you know any 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 of those child rearing people who who you surround yourself with if you feel as though you don't have enough information it can be very hard to get past that barrier of well I want to say something I feel like what I'm doing with my kid is okay but like I I really I, I'm okay with with my kid eating the play-doh yeah I really it's going to make for a fun diaper change later yeah and, Depends what comes out, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's even remotely the same color as the play doh that he ate, I mean, you're, you've basically turned your child into into one of <laughs> An those extruder. like yeah, one of those one of those spaghetti making machines of play doh, and I think that's I think that's wonderful. Well, well, again, let's go back to stats, Scott, because I'm going to keep this real scientific. Perfect. Ninety percent of all parents say that this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Having a child, 90% of fathers saying, this is when my life started, this has been the best part. 69% of all parents want to learn better ways of being a parent, which is more so for this generation than any other generation. So therefore, therein lies the rub is that people are also distrustful of information on social media, where they, they want information from people they trust. And Scott, I know you and I are going to work real hard to build people's trust. Yeah, very, very, very hard. And if you don't believe me, refer back to my Play-Doh pooping comment that I made just just a couple minutes ago. Um, your Mark and I are uh, uh, we started uh, kind of working together when I was when I was a young I was a young student uh, enrolled. I used in, to hold you in my hands. Scott. You did. It was very odd because I'm I'm about a foot taller than you and I have easily a hundred pounds on you, but you really wanted that to happen to make uh, that you wanted that bonding moment. I so thought it was important. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as as we will explore later on in the show, touch is important. Yes. You have to have you have to have positive touch. It didn't feel terribly positive at the time, but we'll you know what we we built on it. It was a starting point. It was a platform. That first step 
is the most important. But we have in in this show, what we're building into the show is is just the idea that, you know, there are there are developmental kind of milestones that 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 we get information mm-hmm. all the time. Um the the point I was I was starting to make earlier that I lost for a minute and I I just circled around back to I don't know if you caught that with my rambling but Mark and I are are of different generations. Yes, we are. Um Mark comes from the generation of stone tablets, mm-hmm. slate. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. you know, horse-drawn carriage, papyrus, yeah. papy- papyrus, what I don't know how you pronounce that word, but hieroglyphics. Like oh. Hieroglyphics. Oh yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I come from the generation of hipsters and um, millennials and man buns and everything is plaid. disposable things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. We were going to be no no judgment. This is a, this is a just to re- reaffirm to everyone. Yeah, yeah. This is a judgment free yeah, zone. I, we just went in unless you have a man there. bun and are wearing plaid, which is okay. It's totally fine, but just be a good dad. Unsubscribe if if that's you. Um, just Please. be a good dad. Yeah, be a good dad. You can still subscribe. It's okay. Don't, but but we have my generation and the generation that's that's coming behind me. We have, um, we are inundated with knowledge, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is something that mm-hmm. if you were to look at Twitter on a daily basis, mm-hmm. if you were to look at Instagram, if you were to look at Facebook or Reddit or any of the other social media platforms that you use, you wouldn't necessarily see that that we have this potential to be one of the smartest generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, there's now we've gotten to a point where there's such a saturation of information. How do you weed through that? And that was what my wife and I found when we were, uh, when we found out we were pregnant and when we were raising our son is that we have this, this over abundance of knowledge. So, how do you and we also come and we're going to contribute now to this fucking mess it's 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 a big mess and it's jesus i never thought about that scott well then you weren't paying attention to our production (sighs) meetings well yeah (laughs) we had but we also come from from a group where where we know that a lot of information that can be presented to us on the internet is not entirely true so we're giving you the opportunity to hear from people who are trained in childcare, people who have spent uh, you know, a long time working with children. We have personal experience working with children, with parents. We have personal experience being parents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we have personal experience being men. Mm. Um, and and that hopefully will inform a little bit more of this discussion and help you, the listener, kind of get a better sense of where we're coming. And of from. course, women can listen to this show. There'll be great things in. We ain't gonna be like any of those other mother podcasts. We're gonna swear a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take scientific information and make it absolutely understandable. Can I just want to talk about something that's interesting? Because we are two totally different generations. You guys are overwhelmed with information. Yes. My generation wasn't. No. And and it, what was interesting and Christ, my mother, you know, I, I think my mother and father were probably the best at child development, even though they didn't have a fucking clue about what it meant. They locked me out of the house in the summertime. Had to survive on a hose and fucking crab apples and rhubarb and diarrhea like crazy. Best yeah, childhood ever. 
And now this has become sort of a topic today of, oh, let's create those child, what are they called? The fucking free range. Free range yeah, child oh my care. God. So I guess technically my child was free range. Now, when I became a father, um, we didn't have any of those role models about how to be a, a dad. You know, my father worked hard. He, he, I, I, I see him come home at the end of the day. Now I'm expected, when I had a baby 25 years ago, 26 years ago, um, to change diapers, feed, don't call it babysitting for Christ's sakes, and be a, a real active part in their life. But we stumbled through it. And so so I just have just a quick question on that. Yeah. Was was that a a personal choice to not call it babysitting mm. or was that was that something that that your 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 network around you made clear like no you're not babysitting you're 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 parenting because i feel like yeah my you know my dad raising me my dad made a very courageous choice being a he he chose to be a stay-at-home dad his mm. dad my grandfather was was in the military they moved around a lot he worked a lot um and and consequently my dad didn't have the growing up he had he felt like he he wanted to have a closer relationship with his son That's with beautiful. me so for for my dad to choose to be a stay-at-home dad i remember being a kid in kindergarten and everybody's going around asking what your daddy does for work and and i said well my daddy my dad doesn't work mm -hmm. my dad stays home with me and i remember feeling even at you know five years old feeling a little socially conscious about that feeling mm -hmm. a little bit socially conscious feeling weird about that mm -hmm. like it was mm -hmm. it, that to me in my head as a five-year-old was like all right everybody else's fucking dad has they work they work at the law firm or they work at did you ever lie <sighs> you know i wasn't creative enough as a five-year-old to lie <laughs> most of, to be perfectly honest with you i think i probably i was never i i don't i wasn't embarrassed about my dad staying at home uh, to hang out with me because to me it was awesome. Mm -hmm. My dad, I got mm -hmm. to hang out with mm -hmm. my dad all the time, um, and my dad was a, extremely funny. He was a, a tremendous caregiver. He he, uh, you know, he gave me every opportunity to be a, a great person, mm -hmm. and and for me to be independent and really develop myself um, on my own. And so for me to to for people to ask me about that. It was weird because I felt like I didn't have the answer they want they were expecting. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that I wanted to give them a different answer. I just didn't have the answer they wanted. It was just different. Well, it, so here's what we're going to be dealing with then, Scott. I just went through the stats. We're also going to be dealing with some of the issues parents face. I feel so sorry for you guys with all that information today because you're getting a lot of judgment. The stats are showing that almost 90% of parents feel like they're judged, and it's because there's too much information out there. Oh, you're not raising your child like that? You're not doing that with your kid? Parenting, I have learned. Parenting is the hardest, most dangerous, scariest job in the world. You don't need the judgment added as an extra layer. So I hope we're going to be giving you enough information to sort of be able to rise above that judgment. I used to write for a magazine. Oh, let's call it uh, Today's Parent. <laughs> I never read the damn magazine. They'd call me up and they'd go, hey, Mark, can you write an article on play or, you know, shall I? I never read that. I read motorcycle magazines. I don't read that crap, right? So one day I've written a couple of articles for them. One day I'm out of my local library and sure enough there's a today's parent it's like oh let's see let's see what this is about right so i open it up and i start reading i go it's filled with fucking guilt 
I don't know if my wife took folic acid in the first trimester, whatever the hell it's called. I don't. You actually, you have to take it now before you start oh, trying. Shit. And then the next issue comes out and it counteracts that one. Well, yeah, because now there's more information. Jesus Christ. And so these parents have been, you're, you're so wise. You, you're so right. You guys are so inundated with information. I hope we can cut through that shit <laughs> and give people just a real good information to try your best. Yeah. and Try I, your best. And, and we, you know, you get a lot of, you know, the most helpful thing I think as a parent is when you get, when you read a, a a 300 page book on parenting and the new parenting procedure <laughs> and at the end of the book the conclusion you're left with is well you could do it this way or you could do it this way <laughs> and that's not fucking helpful yeah, for not a helpful. parent who who's who has running on you know three sec three segments of 30 minutes of consecutive sleep mm -hmm. trying mm -hmm. to figure out what to do with their baby why is why is my newborn producing this black bile out of their anus mm -hmm. instead of poop mm -hmm. i thought i thought babies pooped a lot this mm -hmm. is just this is necromancy coming out of my child mm -hmm. or my kids having a shit fit in the middle of the store yeah and everybody's looking at and me. that could be a tantrum or just literally shit well there's that too. coming out of everywhere toddlers yeah. are like that you never know you never know hey speaking of toddlers are like that we should go to an ad i just picked up That's three fucking subs today and i gotta get that paid for <laughs> So let's switch to an ad. Is what that okay great, with what you? A, what a great segment. What a great segue. <laughs> Speaking of toddlers, let's talk about money. Because <laughs> that's what it's all mine, mine, mine. It's, that's toddlers. what it's all about. That's, it that's what it's all about. It is. Let's go to the ad. All right, hey everybody. Thank you very much for tuning into this. Ain't babysitting. This is uh, our first episode. We're so excited that you guys are listening here to us. Uh, just wanted to take a couple minutes and talk to you guys about how you can support this show. Uh, following us on on social media is fabulous. It's great. It's not going to pay our bills as much as we would hope it would, though. So we are looking to you guys uh, to help us kind of cover some of the operating costs of this podcast. We have domain fees. We have uh, we have storage fees. We have fees for for, um, for basically the, the operation of the show. So what I'm looking for is for you guys to head over to patreon.com slash this ain't babysitting. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash this ain't babysitting. Uh, and uh, if you're able to, if you're in a financial situation where you're able to, it would be really helpful for us if you could become uh, a patron of the show. Uh, we have different tiers that you can uh, subscribe to. You can We have a $5 tier, $10 tier, $20 tier, $30 tier, whatever. If you're able to support this show, we kind of think of it like uh, like Netflix. This is entertainment for you guys. Uh, if you're able to chip in a little bit to help us out, it really goes a long way to improving the quality of our show. So if you could head over to patreon.com slash this ain't babysitting, uh, you can find all of our tiers on there. There's rewards for people who, who donate. Um, and if we're able to, if we can get up to 500 patrons, uh, it helps us. We can add more infrastructure to the show. We can add video to the show. We can add a, a video component. So if you guys are able to, you can head on over to patreon.com slash this ain't babysitting and uh, throw, us, throw us a little bit of that, that sweet, sweet cheddar. God Appreciate bless it. bless us, everyone. Oh, God. Okay. All right, welcome back. Uh, that was a great ad break. I'm very proud of myself for how well I handled that. Yeah, one of the better ones I've heard. Yeah, that's another. That's there's your other millennial little little tip. 
giving myself a pat on the back for saying words consecutively without <laughs> screwing up and asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at that. You're fucking We're really, really good at asking for money. In my day, we had to go out and get it ourselves. Yeah, right. Well, in your day, there were part, there were jobs available that could. Well, salt was our currency. There you go. <laughs> you guys had salt. Jeez, you're younger, you're younger than I thought. Uh, we so, got. Let's, uh, can I cut you? Yeah, off? you go ahead. Go we're going to go into a little segment I think is important because another big thing what we've noticed about uh, uh, and please we're not dissing millennial parent this is this is everybody this is, yeah this is this is absolutely everybody but there's there's some very weird misconceptions about child development and a weird misconceptions around the value of the first year yeah it's a very it's you talk to a lot of uh, a lot of new parents who who are Saying things like, well, you know, my kid doesn't, you know, the book tell me that my kid doesn't retain anything for the yeah. first six months anyways. Yeah. And in, in a very limited capacity, that's true. In a very limited no, capacity, yeah. in a very limited way of, of terms of like, can your child understand algebra? Yeah. No, your child cannot yeah. understand algebra in the first six months. Can your child understand and appreciate the time that you spend with them, the things you're doing with them, how much you're you're spending time with them, you're looking at them, you're talking to them, you're singing to them. Absolutely, your your newborn infant does that. How Here. about this? It blows my mind. I remember it as my when my son was a newborn. He's in what a week old. I'd stick my tongue out. He'll stick his tongue out. Yeah. Without use of a mirror, without even understanding, he even has a fucking face. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's this there's this complexity of thinking, this primal complexity of thinking that happens within those. So let's have a little segment. Let's call this "Why the fuck does my kid do that?" Yeah. Okay. Babies. Let's start with our babies. What are some of the things that that you've noticed that families have been sort of? Why does my baby do that? Uh. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the number one thing that all parents internally question i don't think you question out loud anymore because in a society where you feel like you know everything you you feel dumb as shit for asking it but mm-hmm. you know why is my kid putting everything in their yeah. mouth why does my kid put why is my kid eating the television remote yeah. why is my kid you know sticking his hands in his poopy diaper and yeah. then putting his hands up to his mouth and tasting it yeah. like it doesn't i know it doesn't taste good how do you know that scott i mean smell because smell <laughs> yes is, Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's why. You. That's why. You. It's because smell is the first receptor you, of taste. You got that. So so we'll that's, a, that. that's a common thing. And I, I've had a lot of families going, how do I stop my baby from, you know, just sticking everything into their into their mouth? Yeah. Why do kids do that? And I think it's 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 not even so much about, you know, why do it, it parents have an I think we understand the kids are going to stick things in their mouths. Mm-hmm. Our question in our to myself, at least my question to myself has always been, why is he putting that in his <laughs> mouth? Know. Why is he putting why did he how did he find this quarter and why is he putting this quarter in his mouth? Mm-hmm. How did he find this this small ball bearing? I've never owned ball bearings in my life mm-hmm. and now there's mm-hmm. one in my house. Mm-hmm. Why is he putting that in his mouth? So the great Jean Piaget broke in uh, the, the the way that we learned and learn, you know, develop knowledge is goes through all these many different stages. So the very first stage that we all come into this world um, uh, using is our senses. 
We got to stick things in our mouth and touch it and feel it in order to understand it. When we were talking about what a, what a baby knows, a baby, I believe, a baby knows more about a ball than I do because they've tasted it. They've felt it. They've smelt it. They've done all those things. You and I can look at a ball and go, that's a ball. But a baby, they lick it, they, they, they feel it all over their bodies. It's like this just primal, again, this is the second time I've used this word, but this primal understanding of an object because they're using their senses. Right, and I mean, you think about, um, I mean, there's cognitive development, which is how the brain interprets the, mm-hmm. the signals going through their 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 bodies, but there's a, there's a physical development aspect of it as well. And when you're thinking about a baby, think about a newborn baby, you know, even up to a year old, Typically, maybe just starting to get their feet under them, maybe maybe just starting to, to toddle around, as we like to say. But then you get a, but as for, for a newborn putting their stuff in their mouth, your body develops nerves. Your body doesn't develop everything all at once, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So nerve endings are going to be closest to the brain at a young age. So where we're you're feeling all of these things, where we talk about sensory being such an important part working the, working in the physical aspect of it putting things near your face mm-hmm. as close as you can to your brain for your brain to interpret those things when you think about it like that it makes a little bit more sense babies aren't necessarily thinking about it like that but like you say they it's that primal it. it's yeah. that primal instinct that urge of survival where their brain is telling them get everything close to here mm-hmm. and and this is an audio medium but I'm pointing to my face mm-hmm. get everything mm-hmm. close to here and and I'll figure it out from there and we'll start we'll start building up this little library of of what shit is. Yeah. And Through how shit works. Senses. Like it as an artist, you know, and a musician, that fascinates me because I'm jealous of a species that understands things through touch and sound and taste. Like mm-hmm. we we I always say if you spend long enough time with your kids, you're gonna you're gonna be a much better person because you're going to be influenced by how they look. Of course. You know, and how they interact with the world. So should babies stick things in their mouth? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. here's the other thing that drives me crazy. I get a lot of times families and parents coming up, oh, when my baby cries, I don't pick them up because then uh, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just spoiling. It's one of those new, it's one of those new philosophies, <sighs> new old philosophies um, where you feel like you're going to spoil your child um, by, by coddling them at uh, a young age. Why does a baby cry? Because they, they, babies, for those of you who don't know, Babies can't talk. <laughs> so when a baby needs to communicate needs, it just opens its mouth and pushes everything out. Mm-hmm. And it says, it, it, it says baby crying sounds. Mm-hmm. And your job as a parent is to take those baby crying sounds, realize, oh, you need something. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing you have to do is to comfort is to to initiate comfort of a child. Mm-hmm. When you're in distress, you can't learn. You can't in, you can't intake information. You can't process what's happening. So when you are when you're six weeks old and you're trying to figure out, I I don't know what I'm feeling, but something there's something going on in my butt area. Why I don't know a, what that is. What's going on with you? We can use other examples. Well, how about uh, just I heard a loud noise and I'm scared? I guess 
poops funny to me. Okay. All right. It, this is kind of getting to the advice you're on a bit of a I'm jumping ahead you're on a bit of a thing here my uh, i really like this philosopher called eric erickson and he said that we go through these emotional stages as we get older and the very first stage that we're in as a baby is trust versus mistrust is this world a trustworthy place or should i fear it and what i tell families is if you don't pick up your kid when they're crying what are they learning they're learning mm-hmm. that I can't trust you to come yeah. and 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 help me. Which if you if if the baby doesn't get that fulfilled, it's going to only affect their next stage. And that what's what that next stage? That next stage is what, Mark? Autonomy versus shame and doubt. So you can understand that that if you're a baby who in order to be autonomous, because that's another thing I've I've heard parents say. I don't want to pick up my baby because they'll never be independent. Well. You can't be independent unless you've been satisfied, your needs satisfied, and you learn that things are trustworthy. Now I can leave my mom, and now I can go and explore because she's got my back. Because you know there's a safe place, right? There's yeah. a safe place for you to come back to. That's that's the thing about building that's so important about the trust versus mistrust stage of development that, that Erickson talks about is the idea that if if you don't have you know human beings, animals in nature— Anything with a brain needs a place of comfort, needs a place of security. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, your job is to cultivate that feeling of comfort and security. Mm-hmm. So if you are letting your child cry it out, and this is this is a big philosophy in, in some child care centers, uh, the, the Rye philosophy, uh, which just boils my blood. But the idea that you that a child can that a, that an infant is needs to work through all of these feelings and process <laughs> all of these feelings. It's like he doesn't even know he has fucking fingers, <laughs> but he's going to be able to process complex emotions like abandonment and guilt and, and frustration. I can't at 54, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. So this is interesting. So this, so if we don't deal with this, we're going to have a little bit of trouble with the, uh, the autonomy versus shame and doubt, which is our toddlers. Yes. Oh, my God. The most violent, most dangerous species on Earth. I never trust an animal that I can't turn my back to. And I've been bit by way more toddlers than any dog in my <laughs> life. Yeah, they're nice. They're wonderful. But a lot of times what parents will say is, oh, my God, my toddler's just mine, 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 mine. No. No, 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 no. no. And temper tantrums. That's what my, son, my son's just under, is turning two uh, very soon. And that's his, that's his big word right now. No. And think about the power. So here we're talking about autonomy versus shame and doubt. So yeah. we've got this little baby that's got learned. Okay, world's trustworthy. Yeah, you know, people come running when I'm when I'm. And think when about I'm the upset. power of that. You're little. You open your mouth and cry, and people come running. So now, now right into your face. Right into your face. Now I'm a toddler, and I'm going no. Well, that's autonomy. That's 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 now. I, do I like it? <laughs> Sometimes it's not it, about you, Mark. It's not about me. <laughs> it's about them. Right. And so uh, the way that we deal with it is, you don't say you rude little bugger. You you help. No, them. they wouldn't understand you that help anyway. Them You're not really venting any frustration. Not You're just at piling all. it on. And the violence when they bite and they push and do all those things. Are, are, 
they're just they're smart they thin slice they go how am i going to get what i want to get and they do it the easiest way possible yeah and they learn that trick but how we deal with it if we create shame and doubt in them and, and you know hurt their feelings about that stuff they're never going to come through that period in a healthy way yeah and i think that's the important thing to remember and, and everybody you know every parenting advice column every every mommy's blog every every resource that you'll ever find says that you know they use the the term it's a phase mm-hmm. is just such a um it's it's ubiquitous with parenting mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. parenting procedures the and and while I would not disagree with with that that sentiment, I put a little caveat on that. It's it's how you get through that phase. Yeah. It's how you. It's yeah. how every every stage of life is a phase. Yeah. Right. My my high school years were a phase. Yeah. My yeah. and and within that high school years there are phases. Right. So yeah. so it's it's how you can adjust to those phases and how you can promote those those ideas that we're talking about about trust and mistrust about autonomy mm-hmm. about and in case you haven't noticed there's a theme here the first one is a good one and the second one is yes, not a good it's one. versus yeah it's, it's like boston versus winnipeg yeah the good versus the evil so speaking of evil it's uh, temper tantrums yeah Temper tantrum. Your toddler should have a temper tantrum. I'm afraid to... Uh, I'm about to have a temper tantrum about <laughs> calling the Jets evil. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I went a little low, I'm, I, and I promise I wouldn't. Yeah. But we, uh, temper... And that becomes, again, I love what you said about the phase, because, okay, yeah, fine enough, it's phase. And and when you get to my age, where I can look back, my kid's 26, they go, oh, that's such a quick little phase, and I say to the parents, but you're living it. I, yeah. I totally get that. And again, with this sort of air about judgment and, and people judging families... Are you okay when your kid has a temper tantrum in the grocery store because he wants a chocolate bar that you just stand by him and not do anything and let him just ride it out, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go, are you all right now, buddy? Because we're not getting that chocolate bar. And then off we go. You made your point. That's that's wonderful. But do I have the guts and the strength to be able to just let it happen? I remember once uh, my son had a, uh, a temper tantrum in a grocery store. I think it was around a chocolate bar or something like that. Just as students, early childhood education students of mine came walking by and they're looking at me as I'm staring at him having a shit fit on yeah. the floor. Yep. And they go, aren't you going to do anything? <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do I said, hey, I'm not this going This is to- on your final exam <laughs> yes. now. Yeah, I'm not you going can't. anywhere near this Wolverine. No, no exactly. <laughs> so and I'm going to let it happen. And they gave me such a terrible look. You know what was funny, too, is yesterday, you know, I was, I, just yesterday I was out um, doing some grocery shopping with my son. And typically when we go grocery shopping or we go out to a store or something like that, he's in a cart. My wife is with me. And, and he, whenever my wife is around, he likes her to push the cart. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like mm-hmm. me to push the cart. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Whatever. Yesterday, though, it's just me and him. She's not here to push the cart. That could be a problem. So when he's pushing me back and saying, no, no. So another strategy you can use with a, with when you can start to recognize signs of an oncoming tantrum is you can, it's okay to distract a child or to redirect a mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm to a more positive frame of mind. And what I did in that moment was I pushed him away in the cart. And he started rolling away, and his eyes got really big. And then I ran up to the cart, mm-hmm. and I grabbed the cart. Mm-hmm. And with a big smile on my face, and he went bananas. Yeah. He, 
uh, we did that no word of a lie on a 45 minute shopping trip he did we did that 45 times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because he was just so and then and completely negated any tantruming that we might have mm-hmm. right so but that's also you being respectful of his right to say no of course well and and you can't because as a you know parents who say they want children to be to grow up to be independent to be uh autonomous to to mm-hmm. have that that freedom of of choice this these are the moments where you this is the phase where you can give that to them this is when it's built and and you you don't do that by ignoring them when they need you you do that by by finding opportunities to to promote that mm-hmm. when when it's acceptable when it's not acceptable mm-hmm. then then you have to kind of then you can then you can be the bad person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you've already built up that trust Mm-hmm. To know that even though I'm upset right now, I'm still gonna hug you. Yep. Still gonna kiss you. Still yep. love you. Where's resilience built? It's in those moments. Yeah. Right. And now that moves into our preschool kids. And the big complaint Worst I hear kids. a lot from families about preschool kids is, why are they questioning everything? Yeah. Why? 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 Why do they question everything I do? Why are they so heavy metal? They're so heavy metal because they will not do what you want them to do. Yeah. And what I love about that one, that's Erickson's Sir stage, initiative versus guilt. Like, standing up for yourself. I'm starting to feel autonomous as a toddler. i become a preschooler now. Now I'm standing up for myself. And now I got words. And I got words. Now I can put some of these words. Now I can take some of these words you've taught me, and I can throw them back at you. Absolutely. I could tell you, you know, you could tell me we don't eat cookies before bedtime. Yeah. And then I'll see you with a cookie. And give you three guesses what my, my first words are going to be to you. Um, stop it now. It's th- three strikes. Okay, it was my what I was gonna say was no cookies before bedtime. Okay, because that's what that's what preschoolers do. They repeat your right. rules back at you in the most mm. inconvenient times. Right, right, and and again, so just think about that stage initiative. Right, they're 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 learning it. They're all these stages. You're not perfect. In fact, for many of us, it takes a lifetime. But in initiative, that is totally normal to stand against your parents. Um, question everything. Why, 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 yeah. why? It's so exciting, which then leads into the school-agers and the, uh, the fourth stage, industry versus inferiority. And our school-agers, my God, they are so uh, emotionally fragile. It, which times? is which which you don't think about when you look at a school ager initially I, I work like right currently in my in my practice I work with with school agers and and you know the first thing I always notice and I actually did this when I was going through through college as well was was I noticed how many of my school agers loved bragging loved yeah. having showing their ego showing their confidence yeah. showing their competence yeah. in doing stuff but but that fragility comes into place when you see a kid who has the biggest ego is the biggest bark all of a sudden gets gets bitten yeah and and you just see all of that that melt away and that that crumpling of of just the overwhelming fear and anxiety of yeah. oh no no people are gonna know that that i'm a shame yeah that i'm not really what yeah. i say i am that all yeah. this confidence is just words and they're not consciously thinking that necessarily, but that is that's that's a big part of developmentally how they feel when they get called out on stuff like that. And again, you that's the inferiority. I can do everything and I suck at everything. Yeah. That weird and again, if you're the parent of a school age child, good luck. 
And if you're a parent of a school-aged child, it's taking that stuff seriously, right? Taking it very, very seriously. And they're also, because it's also a weird age, because they're, that's when they're really pulling away from you. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the beginning, right? Because, again, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's an industry. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on the world on my own, right? And that's, that's where you get those, where parents start to, you know, if you're not, if you're not careful, you can start to, to harbor feelings of, well, if you don't, you said you don't need, 20 minutes ago, you said you don't need me. Yeah. Now you're coming up to me and saying, and, and that has, you know, as a parent, you have to be self-reflective and say, well, that's built up over five years, yeah. six years, eight years, 10 years yeah. of me trying to help my child at the same time, giving them independence and autonomy and and when you hit that school age range, when you hit that like kind of like seven to nine year old window is when I found it really when you really get that that separation of of uh, initiative or uh, of um, industry industry uh, versus inferiority. inferiority. Thank you. There's so many I words in Erickson stuff. I don't. I've never thought about that. Anyways. Anyways. Look at what we just talked about. And I hope we gave some good information for, for people out there. Yeah, when your baby sticks things in their mouth, they should be, right? Yep. And everything's sensory. It's, and that when they cry, they need you. They need you. They need you to pick them up and love them because they need to the world, learn that the world's a trustful place. Absolutely. We're saying grows into a toddler that's beginning to stand for their own mind, 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 mind. And we want to we wanna coach that because yes. we want that. We want to coach you that. Wanna direct, you want to be able to 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 build that path you don't want to you don't want to hold hands down that path because then you're then you're not mm-hmm. that's that's another mistake that i commonly see parents making is is they're trying to push their kids down one path mm-hmm. and you can't you can't do it like you're not building up independence you're not building up no. autonomy that way you have to you have to be able to show them the path yeah. uh to to trust that they're going to to follow the path to make decisions that aren't necessarily the most thoughtful yeah necessarily the safest decisions yeah. but the decisions that they feel like they need to make in that moment you need to trust that they are going to make mis- that they're going to make mistakes they have to while you're there mm-hmm. you can mediate the risk involved in that can i add and take your time yes that's these the are oh milestones God. they're not finishing lines they're milestones so we got the toddler now who's who's feeling a little autonomous, which then becomes a preschooler who likes to take initiative, but is also very fearful of that. And we have to respect that. So allow them to do the questioning, respect that they're trying to stand a little bit different than you, which again, are school agers who are really moving away, but understand they're scared and terrified of that. And how we handle that is going to be really, really important. Yeah. This was a great little conversation. It was a very nice conversation. And, you know anything if there's one thing i i would want you to take away from this episode it's it's that idea of of phases right mm-hmm. this is not this is just a phase a very powerful parenting sentiment that can get you through a lot of really tough times mm-hmm. what you have to remember about these phases is that these phases build on to the next yeah. phases and they're really important and yep. every single child goes through right. it get rid of the fucking judgment and en- shit about and enjoy that. and enjoy them oh my god take take your time and really really enjoy even even the really shitty things yeah really because they're funny they when you take a step back they're funny oh my god they're funny okay let's okay so now let's go into a little bit of advice because now you finally get to talk about 
poop. And again, Scott, I don't know why that was sort of a theme for, for this morning. But I'm, I'm not even going to bother to analyze what oh sure analyze to, can i even say that you can yeah you can you can <laughs> that was that was, analyze, very, that was very subtle analyze your fixation that, with the poop that was very subtle we had you had a, a little question you found on one of those uh what is it reddit this or something reddit. So okay. reddit, reddit is that is, where you pick up people well that's uh, tinder sorry which one's the pick up people tinder or reddit uh, I've I've been happily married for for okay. over five years. I'm not sure where you pick up people okay. nowadays. Yeah, good Mark. answer, Scott. Okay, right on. Uh, right. Do you have a little question? I do. I have a fabulous question. Okay. Here. Uh, this question. Uh, can I just add, the uh, folks? Um, the show will regularly have a little thing called advice, where we would love it if you wrote in uh, a little question on all those things that Scott had mentioned in the beginning of the show or Facebook. Can you write on Instagram? You can write okay. on it. You can comment on our Instagram page. You can direct message us. So send in a little question that you might. <laughs> I hope they sort of trust us enough. Go, yeah, you know what? Throw some uh, questions to these guys and get their advice. Absolutely. And if we don't have questions from you, that's okay. This is a pretty new thing. We got to build up your trust. Exactly. So I this, think this that's is important. an infant relationship. This is a oh, new new relationship. This we, infantile relationship. Our whole show will go through Erickson's stages. Exactly. <gasps> and we'll make sure we point out every moment of transition in those it. on a nice little piece of paper that's so that you can meta. take it home and show your pediatrician how well your kid's doing. That's meta. Okay. What's what's the uh, what's so here's, the advice? So here's a here's a here's a question about a four year old. Uh, and this is a four-year-old, to put it in context, this is a four-year-old who has been diagnosed uh, uh, as falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. So the, my son, age four, on the autism spectrum, is finding potty humor mm. funny. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I hate I that stuff. I can't imagine why. That's terrible. Funny. He likes farts. He likes poops. <laughs> he likes private part words. Uh. That, this is what's amazing to me. This is a, this is a <laughs> subreddit for parents. Where parents are just talking to parents, and this person can't even bring themselves to say, <laughs> dick. say, say, dick or penis or vulva or <laughs> any of that stuff. Um, he's saying these words constantly and loudly. I'm gonna just blow through the rest of this question here. Okay. Uh, I've tried explaining context. I've given him boundaries. Fart and poop jokes are okay at home, but not at mealtime. Private part words are not jokes anywhere. Uh, I need ideas for consequences. Should I just Ooh. shut down the words entirely? Uh, Non-reaction is also not helpful, as he has a three-year-old sister, mm. who you can imagine, laughs hysterically whenever these words are shouted out loud. Uh, he's also occasionally mooned us as part of the butt <laughs> jokes. We explain that that is not okay. I Sometimes he needs kid. to get... He needs to get... Sometimes he gets hyper and persists, so... <laughs> I love this kid. Yeah, I mean everybody loves this kid. This is and if you don't love this kid, you got to you got to loosen up, guys. I mean can I mention something that we Yeah, of we course. first yeah, yeah. have heard about this thing. Yeah, yeah you got to, you know, you kind of do your best going, uh, maybe you don't say shit and all that stuff yeah. out in public or in church or wherever you are. That he, as a comedian and saying funny things, you learn that what, what did I say Gilda Radner defined yeah. comedy as uh, tragedy plus timing, so it's all the timing. Uh so it's situational things and 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 being around people who are cool with it or not or I don't want to hear those where I don't care if you say it in the washroom and all this stuff, but I just don't want to hear it. That's fine. So, but 
sorry, just, just yeah. real quick. Can we put this in maybe in two contexts and you know, in yeah. a neurotypical four-year-old? Yeah, and I want to and I want to add yeah. that in. Uh, so, but again, what we've been talking about with Erickson stages and everything that uh, before this advice a little bit, it, it's a phase. It's a phase that he's going through. Now, I'm going to flip to the other side. Uh, you got a kid with autism, and one of the things around autism is about building social connections right. with people. And and uh, here you got a kid who's actually building social connections is it the words you want like is it is it the vehicle of social connection that you're happy with probably not but at the end of the day when you look back you go he's making his sister laugh he's trying to make us laugh he's trying to get a rise out of us and again think about the autism uh uh, uh perspective of this right. about breaking out from this kind of thing can i just add one thing i had a kid in the in the sleep room once uh she didn't speak she she didn't have any language skills or anything like that. But sure enough, as soon as she went to sleep room in daycare, it was fuck, 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 shit, 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. And so everyone was going, oh, my God, what are we going to do about it? And I said, nothing, nothing. Nobody's laughing. She's doing it when everybody's sleeping. She's saying fuck's a hard word. Saying shit's a hard word. And then I'd even let her when she, she would say shit appropriately in the playroom, I'd let it fly because I can't stop a kid who's learning how to speak <laughs> from speaking even if I don't like the words. And that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing is uh, that is removing, being able to remove yourself yeah. from and your own biases from yeah. what the child's experiencing. There's a, there's a fabulous um, book called Carly's Voice, uh, In Carly's Voice, and it's written by uh, a woman named Carly Fleischman, um, who for years was a nonverbal mm. uh, on, oh, on the autism spectrum. And um, they, she finally got a talk pad mm. uh, and a word pad, and she is one of the funniest Sorry. people that you if look it up if you get a chance Carly Fleischman um but but she talked a lot about how uh in this book about how people wouldn't talk to her because mm -hmm. she couldn't talk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's a that's a struggle that that a lot of people uh who fall on the autism spectrum go through it's it's one of the things developmentally that we we understand and we know is that developmentally you have a need to socialize mm -hmm. we are social animals we have to communicate with other people and for for a child in the autism spectrum socially engaging with other people can be incredibly difficult a neurotypical four-year-old mm -hmm. all neurotypical four-year-olds say poop of course pee, you but should be yeah, and and that's 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 part of that that independence that that four year olds are are gra grappling with that initiative versus guilt exactly there and so how you handle this are you are you rewarding their initiative mm -hmm. are you no, or are point. you placing guilt good point. on the on the child for finally mm -hmm. you know a four year old and I don't know I. The context of window we have for this question is exactly what I read. Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. anything more about this this mm -hmm. child or this family, but I would. <laughs> they I would, might be preachers. <laughs> you never know. You never know. And in that case, it's, this is just this is God's will flowing yeah, through this child. Right. Somebody needs to talk about poop in this household, for God's <laughs> sakes. You haven't been able to do it for four thousand years. Yeah. The idea that a child who struggles to develop social relationships has now an avenue mm -hmm. to 
to mm-hmm. make a human connection mm-hmm. with another person is so empowering for that mm-hmm. child. And it's something that we cannot underestimate and undervalue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, I, and and I completely understand, you want to be able to place limitations on that. You yeah. want to make rules for that kind of stuff. It's It will get there. Yeah, You, you don't know, need to guilt them about not following those rules that they don't understand. That. And can yeah. I just add, like pick up on the kids' humor. So there are other ways that you can help that kid to maintain his humor and be funny and learn other ways that you can be funny without saying obscenity. So I've never learned that, but I'm sure that's out there somewhere. So how else do you teach him to use humor? How do you reward and praise when he uses humor in a acceptable way, according to them? Right. And then keep focusing on that. Don't get too caught up in the swear words. He might get through it, or he might host a podcast on child care. You never know. <laughs> you it never... could be one way or another. And if he does, <laughs> give us a call. We'll have you on give as a host. We'll have you on as I a guest want this fucking show. kid on. Right. We, we got we got to get in contact. I, I want to hear him. I want to hear him. I want to interview him. All right. I will. Ken, I... can you make sure that happens? Ken's on it. Okay. Thank you, I got you, a Ken. nod. I got a okay, nod. Okay, right Ken. on. Well, I guess we should be wrapping up there, my friend. That's uh, You know, it's about that time. I think... Uh, I think that this this hopefully this gives you as a listener kind of an idea of where we come from and 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 how we uh, how we view child development. We 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 take this uh, incredibly seriously absolutely. while at the same time making absolute being aware that this is one of the most fucking ridiculous situations that you've ever been in in your entire oh life as a parent, God. as a caregiver. There is a small person that relies on you entirely for a little while mm-hmm. and then you get really used to that and then very slowly they stop relying on yeah, you I know. And, and that's but unfortunately that's the last sort of stressor that i've noticed families are going through is how do you let go yeah and it's that you and i were talking this morning about you just you let your children go off into the world just hoping you gave them a little bit of stuff that they needed to survive and get through it um and and you also have to be okay with the fact that they're gonna make mistakes they're gonna get into trouble they're going to have things that we wish we could fix but we can't and we we just have to allow that to happen just knowing that they're enveloped by love you know Absolutely. from us as, as as parents so that's that's a beautiful way to sort of end this one scott scott this was a wonderful show i had uh, an absolute pleasure just talking about milestones this and i hope hope people got something out of it i hope so too i hope you you enjoyed it enough to listen to our our next episode uh which will be coming out in the same time as this episode so you can Look at you that. can just go right from from one to the other before we go just want to uh to give a big thank you once again to our to our sound man Ken. Ken Shendel is in the house. Oh, Mark, what you don't? I'm trying to be urban. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right, and that's that's probably about 400 subscribers we've okay, lost just okay. from that one comment alone. You know I don't like them either. <laughs> uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, if you could, uh, we're a very new show. If you could give us a uh, rate and review uh, on iTunes, that would be hugely helpful. It helps us get noticed by by other shows. We're trying very hard not to spend any money whatsoever on advertising. So you guys getting out there and, and spreading the word about this show to your colleagues, to your friends, to your, your parent groups. Uh, however, you can you can share us and get our voices out there is so helpful to us. Um, 
you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, and um, if you don't have anything nice to say, shut your fucking mouth. Is yeah. that fair? I mean, that always yeah. works when you tell the internet to shut their fucking mouths, <laughs> doesn't oh, it? I think, From well, my experience, that's what that's what always that's the number one way to stop people. From I remember talking when shit the, on the internet. internet was just weather reports and porn. Anyways, on it's that not much different now. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Mark Battle. I'm Scott Forbes, and have a wonderful night, everybody. Thank you very much.